Hello, everyone, and welcome to the newest edition of Ian Hates Movies. My name is Ian, and we've got Kelly live via Skype. Say hey, Kelly. Howdy, howdy. I'm here um, to uh, go over this lovely film you made me watch. <laughs> yes, Yay. I know. I know what everyone was thinking. Ian, why did you not go see The Fifth Wave? That's what we're tuning in to hear about. I don't get it. Uh, and I'm sure, trust me, guys, it'll happen. I'll, uh, I'll do the review of the movie and the book. But I was looking through Redbox, and I found a movie that I've been waiting to see. Um, and I asked Kelly to watch it as well, even though she says basically I have forced her to watch it. I asked her to watch it. <laughs> it's not something I particularly pick out of Redbox, but, you know... I thought I'd take one for the team since, you know, you did suffer through Star Wars so bravely. Yes, yes, yes. I was a hero. I was like a uh, a Finn or a, um, I already forgot her stupid name. A Ray? Ray? Okay. <laughs> so, <laughs> the movie, the movie that, we have, uh, that we have done this week is called The Final Girls. It came out in October of 2015, so it's relatively new. Uh, it's rated PG-13, and it runs for an hour and 31 minutes. I would say the genre is the comedy horror, somewhere around there. Yeah. Yeah. Along the lines of the Scream, as uh, as Kelly has mentioned before, and uh, as well, uh, Cabin in the Woods, Shaun of the Dead, that kind of thing. And I will... Oh, Shaun of the Dead. Then so, the other one. Yep, it... it, it, it carries through the point that with Scream and with Cabin in the Woods is that um, you're not really sure what you're going to be expecting, and it, it's one of those who's next, but you're definitely getting the, the dark comedy of, of Shaun of the Dead. Right. Not even go a little more further towards like Death to Smoochie or something along those lines for the, the dark comedy in this. I have heard, not heard that name in a forever long time. Magical movie. Magical movie. John Stewart's best acting. It's true, actually, yeah. Yeah. So... And it's funny you mentioned Scream. Uh, it is the 20th anniversary this year, and I will be doing a retrospective recap, review, whatever you fuck you want to call it, uh, sometime on Scream 1 through 3, because Scream 1 is one of my all-time favorite movies. So at some point, that will happen. I'll have a lot of fun doing that, uh, and we'll go from there. But this is, like you said, along the lines, uh, but it's a little different. So I'm glad you were able to watch it, and... I don't know if anyone else has watched this movie. It was limited release. I think it won some like separate awards at not real award shows, probably. No, no, no. Yeah, it definitely got some um, festival recognition um, for the director, who, who as, isn't that well known. But it was definitely fun with the writing, the fact that they took off from uh, Wes Craven as well, uh, touching on Nightmare on Elm Street and obviously uh, Jason and Friday the 13th, which is a fun kind of combo Whoa. to combine those. Kill. Kelly, your sound just went way up there. Like uh, the now it's back to normal. Wow, that was weird. Okay, all right, we're good. We're good. Oh, technical, technical difficulties. Yeah, that's why. That's why I'm drinking. Do you have your drink there? I'm just gonna keep hopped up on caffeine because um, I just did a lovely flight from D.C. today, so I'm I'm trying to keep myself awake. How was that? It was it was love cold and snowy. Oh. Uh. Ugh. Well, tell tell everyone how many times you've seen this movie now, so that you could review it properly. 
Well, I was told about this movie before my trip, and I'd been putting it off until pretty much my plane ride back, because I figured, you know what, it's a three-hour flight, it's an hour and a half movie, hopefully it'll help, you know, make the flight go by faster, because, I mean, what else am I really going to do? And um, it didn't. Um, I ended up checking <laughs> probably the minute countdown about every 25 minutes, seeing how far into the movie I actually was. Oh, Kelly. You're making this seem like it's going to be a very bad movie, and I'm just going to have to school you again on why this movie is great. Like, I don't even know what to say to it. I'm just surprised. It was one of those things where I was like, wow. Um, and it just keeps going. Um, but to give it another fair shot, as I reset up my podcast booth at the house, actually trying to dig out all my crap, I figured, you know what? It's a 24-hour rental. I'll put it on again. <laughs> awesome background noise. Then that's all I have for right now. I'm I'm just sad you didn't purchase it. So that you'd have well, unlimited views. I'm, I almost bought the soundtrack because the music in it is just amazing. Very uh, magic. It was great throwbacks. I, you know, all we all we needed was Bon Jovi, and it would've been sold. I, your mic is dripping with sarcasm. Good. It's a good thing you have a pop filter. <laughs> uh huh. See, I like to use insider podcasting terms. Yeah. I'm very proud of you. You're doing very well. Thank you very much. All right, so like I said, it is the newest, we, I, I've been calling these volumes of Ian Hates Movies. So without further ado, I think I hinted at it before, but the movie that we're doing tonight is The Final Girls, which we mentioned. <laughs> I love that. that I, I love that in Friday the 13th, um, and I loved it when they, when they reused it, when they recycled it uh, for this movie. Uh, so I guess... Let's start by saying um, the Rotten Tomatoes on this is 72%, so I think that's pretty good. That's over the level to let me or allow me to see it without getting paid for it, so I'm completely fine with that. Uh, and then you have a list of the top uh, build actors, right? I do. Um, at least, you know, the, yeah, the top that, according to IMDb and how they were cast in this role, I have those. And then you also have some others that you want to add in because uh, you know them from other things other stuff as yeah. well. All right. You want to start this one? Uh, okay, fine. <laughs> so I think the way that we figured out how to say her name was we're going to say Teresa Farming. Farming? Farmiga. I thought it was yeah, Farmiga yeah. or something. Is it? Uh, Whatever. Sure. Her, her mom. Anyway. Her mom's famous. She was an actress. She was in The Departed and whatnot. So, yeah. Right, and then everyone else might also know her from Horror Story, yep. uh, American Horror Story, as well as Bling Ring. Um, she plays Max, <laughs> which is the, the lead female in it. Yep. Uh, the second, yeah, I thought she was great in seasons one and three of American Horror Story, so I'm hoping she gets more stuff. There is a specific look that she has that's relatively unique, I'd say. Actually, yeah, you don't see a lot of people who, I mean, it's, it's unique's a good way to put it. Um, She's not your typical annoying blonde. But yeah. speaking of, who's our next person? <laughs> oh, that's that's hurtful. No, 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 no. I actually do love her. I've yeah. seen most of her stuff, and she, you know, well, I gotta have fangirlness with the Watchmen stuff. But you know, anyway, leading up to this, we're talking yeah. about the 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 woman that Kelly just like slashed with her claws. Uh, her name is Malin Ackerman. Uh, she plays Max's mother. And Nancy in the movie. Uh, and she's from Children's Hospital, Watchmen, uh, Wonderlust, and a bunch of other stuff. 
Entourage. And Can't Entourage, yeah. Like I said, we had talked about this before, is we should probably do an Ian Hates movies for the Entourage movie. It would be more of a drinking game, but okay. Yes. Actually, that might be a fun thing to do. Do an Ian Hates movies drinking game while we're podcasting. That might... <laughs> This is going to go south so quickly. Very, very dangerous. Minute review. Yeah. <laughs> All right, who did you have next on your list? Because I think this um, is where I should our have list. Alexander um, Budwig oh, yeah. from uh, Vikings, uh, Hunger Games. What was the other one you said? Well, this is I. I got so excited when I saw him because I mean, not only is he handsome, of course, but <laughs> I I was like, wait a second, he has a very punchable face. And I know I've seen that face somewhere. And it turns out he's from Sandlot 3, heading home. And we had just talked about this recently. I think I even mentioned it on the podcast on the Never Ending Story yeah. one. Yeah. So I am going to do all three Sandlots at some point. And he is the evil, bad um, pitcher from the other team. Uh, and he's a total dick. So it was nice to see him in a movie where he's the nice guy. Right. In He's, that's Chris. He's playing Chris in the movie. Yep. Um, and then actually my other fun thing that I had to throw in there, being the Disney person that I am, way back when, one of his first movies, he actually did a remake. Thank you for the remake, Disney. Return to Witch Mountain, which um, gets better because, of course, it has Dwayne The Rock Johnson in it. Wait, who's in it? The Rock. It doesn't matter who's in it. Yeah, anyone? <laughs> yeah, I did that. Yeah, I went there. That's right. Wow. I did enjoy that you hesitated for a second and then walked into it. So I appreciate that. I really do. <laughs> well, you know, I do what I can. Yes. So All right. you've got, uh, well, I've got next, I've got Adam Devine or Devine as he plays Kurt in the movie. And he's from Workaholics, uh, Pitch Perfects, and Modern Family, among other random crap. Right, so he's one of the kids in the 80s movie, um, that douchey uh, jock kid who's just pretty much there to bang everybody is the point of his character. Yep. All right, and is this your favorite character coming up? Oh, well, absolutely. Um, Duncan is by far my favorite character. I can definitely relate to Duncan on many, many levels. Um, <laughs> and you guys might know him from Silicon Valley, and oh, yeah. then he also did a bunch of uh, college humor as well. Um, and this is... Thomas Middleditch. Middleditch. Yep. That's it. Yeah. Yep. Exactly. So, no, loving me some Duncan, but we'll get into that in a little bit. And then I'll have I'll say one of my favorites, uh, Nina Dobrev. She's Vicky, and she's uh, one of the friends, quote unquote friends or whatever. Um, and she's from Vampire Diaries and my favorite Degrassi. So right. I might go back and forth calling her Vicky, but then sometimes also Degrassi chick. That just might be the way it is. Right. New season on Netflix. Just saying. Just saying. Woo! Speaking yeah. of new seasons on Netflix, I believe we also have a fantastic character from Arrested Development, Gertie. Yes. And that actress's name is uh, Aaliyah Shawitz or Shawkets? Yeah, something like that. I apologize to everybody. I will butcher it. <laughs> um, so, yeah. So, and that, that kind of rounds up the main cast uh, of who you might recognize from what. And Yeah, I think uh, that's everyone. Yeah, and that the girl that you just mentioned, Gertie, she's maybe from Arrested Development. Right. So, yeah. So now pretty much you guys can put a f you know, name to the face and vice versa and whatever. So, all right. So let's go ahead and I'm going to read the quick tagline that goes with this. 
A young woman grieving the loss of her mother, a famous screen queen from the 1980s, finds herself pulled into the world of her mom's most famous movie. Reunited, the women must fight off the film's maniacal killer. So, sorry, excuse me. I'm still getting over a cold, the weather, temperature, blah, blah. So, uh, what I want to say about this one is I originally misread because I didn't even see a trailer for this movie. Um, I just read, I saw the box. And I saw that the Rotten Tomato score was good, and it was a comedy horror movie, and I said, yeah, I've wanted to see this for a while. Uh, but what I thought with this movie was, I thought they were going to, her mother was going to pass away, and then someone in her life was going to reenact her mother's movie, killing people she knows, and like bringing the movie to her, that kind of thing. I did not think that they were literally talking about going into said movie. So you, yeah, you, you're thinking more along the lines of Scream as a copycat killer who goes around and is recreating these different horror scenarios versus Pleasantville, in which you just get zapped into the TV and have to deal with all of that fun. And believe it or not, I actually liked that movie Pleasantville. It was interesting. Yeah, I didn't think I would, but I actually ended up, and I don't like Tobey Maguire, so that was a tough yeah. one. Yeah, worst Spider-Man ever. So, yeah. Anyways, all right. So we'll, maybe that's another Ian hates for later. We'll do Spider-Man 3. All right. No one heard you because you kind of phased in and out on that one. We'll come back to that one. Okay. All right. So do you want to start off uh, the beginning of the movie? Sure. Why not? Okay. So it takes place where pretty much it's got that amazing grainy 80s VHS feel to it. And you come to find out you're watching the trailer to Camp bloodbath um which is a great like i said it, it, it taken from inspiration of friday the 13th it's definitely a jason-esque thriller with you know some freddy thrown into that and you're watching it and it's the 80s and it's nudity and fun and you know a bunch of kids getting killed at camp yeah. so it pulls away and then you find out it's max watching her mom's trailer as mom's out on a call and um what's the what's the term what's the term for the resumes they're called headshots. There we go. Yes. I'm getting it. <laughs> so, yeah, it. headshots are there, and it's interesting. Clearly, she, the casting agent knew her from somewhere, but, oh, that's right. You were in that slasher movie. Exactly. So, you see right off the bat that it seems like, you know, it's just them. No father in the picture. No other siblings. And they seem to have a good rapport with each other. Uh, they start driving, and they're uh, singing along, as girls tend to do, to... Um, what what is it? What's the name of the song? It's Bla Betty Davis. Yes, Eyes. Betty Davis Eyes. So they're singing along, and then unfortunately there is a car crash, and it turns out that Max is the only survivor. Right, mom passes away in the car crash. Yep. They skip ahead three years. It's not one year. It's not two. It's three, which I liked. I thought that was good. So they skip ahead to one of your favorite scenes in the movie where we meet Duncan. <laughs> okay, so we're going to set this up. So Max is clearly failing a couple of her classes. So um, Women, hunky... women, am I right? I mean, math is hard. <laughs> Kelly's laughing. I swear she's, I swear she's <laughs> laughing. She's not audible. <laughs> yeah. Mm. So anyway. Wait, did you know? Sorry, sidetrack. Did you know that there were Barbies back in the day that would, you could like, pull a string and they would say something and one of them used to say oh math is hard isn't it girls 
That doesn't actually surprise me too much. No, I just thought that was an interesting tidbit. All right, go ahead. Anyway, <laughs> so it, it it cuts to a scene where um, the Chris is there and he's tutoring Max, and of course Max's good friend Gertie's there, and of course it's all this weird, you know, teenage sexual tension, blah blah blah. Um, and then my favorite character introduces himself to the movie and comes stumbling in, very very excited. Duncan, he's like, oh my god, Max, I. I've set it up and we're going to, we're going to redo bloodbath and bloodbath too. And I, I told them you'd be there cause you know, you're the daughter and it'd be great if you guys could say something after. And I know you don't want to, but if you do it, I'll totally do your homework for the rest of the year. And even though he looks way, way older than all three of them sitting there, you totally like bl- yeah. teenage movie. Cause everybody's played by late 20, 30 year olds. Exactly. Exactly. Right. So in that scene, you pretty much realize the dynamic of everyone. Max is the shy girl that doesn't, you know, really want to take part in this. She's got her best friend Gertie, and then Chris is the really nice guy who has a crush on Max, and it's probably the same, you know, going back. But she's pretty shy, you know, all that kind of stuff. So, and Duncan is the nerdy stepbrother of Gertie. Yeah. So, yeah. Salute, fanboy. Yep. So, reluctantly, she agrees. They show up to the movie theater, her and Gertie, and then all of a sudden, Chris, the good guy, shows up, uninvited, but welcome, apparently. Uh, He wanted to make sure she was okay and was able to handle going to see the movie, because her mom... Yeah. It's very sweet. Very sweet. Uh, And then you meet Degrassi chick, Vicky, and she just oozes bitch. Yeah. Right. Yeah. You realize, oh, I get this. I get this dynamic of the friendship. This is the bitch girl who puts everyone down, but is still acting like they're friends and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, it's Two-Face. And then, of course, there's a little bit of history with her and Chris, which gets brought out as well. But I like the fact that they're also showing that it is clearly modern times. And they're, you know, they're talking about Twitter and stalking each other and fun stuff like that, which is a good playback to when they get sucked into the 80s. And none of that really has to do with any of that stuff. Yeah, exactly. So... They go in the theater. Duncan's ridiculously excited. He's like loving every part of this. <laughs> They're all watching the movie at the um, at the front of the theater, and it's a raucous crowd. Uh, people smoking, people drinking vodka out of bottles, and it just so happens that all of a sudden the vodka spills all the way down the theater. Someone drops that cigarette right in the right in the spot with all the alcohol. It lights the theater ablaze. Someone drops their awesome prop machete that they happen to have with them uh, Max was already on her way out before the fire happened because she realized she couldn't take seeing her mother on the big screen again and especially getting killed uh, you know in the in the actual movie so she's leaving fire happens she sees the machete picks it up rips into the projector screen and that's when her and her friends who don't help anyone else jump through and presumably, wake up into the actual movie itself. Right. So it's good. that whole wake yeah. up and all, it's kind of a feeling. It's everything's overly colored process, everything's super green, and it always has a slight tinge of fakeness to that. And where the hell am I? Is the initial thought there. Yep. And I would say good good plot device. I think it works. So right. exciting. So they go, and then there's the van. And of course... Duncan recognizes it, but he's still a little bit... Everyone's still wondering, are they dead? Are they in a coma? Like, what happened? This doesn't make any sense. 
Say that again? Are we dreaming? What's going on here? Yeah, exactly. So, see the van. They come up playing Mickey, You're So Fine. You know, that perfect... Oh, Mickey, like, So Fine. Perfect 80s song, right? So, that's on the blonde... Uh, dumb girl from the movie, that character, hangs out and is like, hey, do you guys know where Camp uh, Bluefinch is? And they're like, uh, this is weird, we don't know. So they just sit there and wait. <laughs> they don't do anything. And then all of a sudden, 92 minutes later, it comes up on the screen. And the van starts and there's the music and everything restarts again. And Duncan kind of has it in his mind, something's going on, so he puts his watch on. Same exact conversation, this time they still don't go. And then once again, at 92 minutes, bam. And Duncan realizes what's happening. He's all excited. He's like, this is the movie. So they all get in the van, and they go off towards uh, Blue Finch. They say they're camp, uh, camp counselors. Sound good? Sounds great. Everyone with us? Okay. So, <laughs> this is one of my favorite parts in the movie because of a sad tinge in it um you get the funny parts with duncan mouthing the words um i know kelly loved that part because he knows everything that's going on and then what i liked was max being completely out of it of what's going on and not understanding what's happening forgets that her mother nancy is actually sleeping in the back of the van so when they say for her to wake up she wakes up and max turns around and realizes that it is indeed her mother or the character that her mother played. And she gets a little teary-eyed. And I think they hit some emotion that was there. That is good. <laughs> and Humanizing Kel- the characters. Kelly rolled it's- her eyes the way I rolled my eyes throughout the <laughs> Star Wars <laughs> review. You knew that was coming, so it's kind of like, uh, oh, and cue the tear. There it is. Oh, there's but, the tear. But what I liked is the character didn't know it was coming. Right, no. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> she could have easily, at any point, they could have been like, hey, your mom's in the back of that van. You know what I mean? Like, no. as it was going by. Right. Like, everyone's so caught up in their own thing. So, when it actually, when she realizes the part of the dialogue that they're in, she's like, oh, shit. There's my mom that I lost three years ago. So. Yeah, I'll see that. Yeah, I get that. And it definitely sets up that there's going to be this awkward relationship that they're going to have to struggle through because can I tell you who you are? Do you know who you are? Or am I really just playing with the character that's been set up here? So there's no depth to you. You're just this shy girl with a guitar who's hoping to get laid at camp. Yay. Yay. That's what, yay. That sounds good. (laughs) That sounds really good. So they make it to camp. And everyone goes off into their stereotype positions, basically. You know, Kirk, Kurt is there trying to have sex with everyone. And he's playing the same character as in Workaholics and Pitch Perfect, where he thinks he's stronger than he is, thinks he's sexier than he is, and thinks he can get laid by any girl he wants. So that's his role. Uh, they want to leave at one point because they don't know what's going on. And they ask him for the keys to the van. And he chucks them into the woods like it's a like he's an 80s thug which he is yeah i'm yeah. a douche so i'm gonna do this so you guys have to work for it and then you can take my van <laughs> yeah exactly awesome. yeah it hey. works out perfectly he might as well have challenged them if they were in the snow alps or something or or in a ski lodge to a to a race down for the girl 
Like it's, it's, it's summer camp in the eighties. You can't. We're gonna have to arm wrestle for it, bro. Like I don't know. Like that's just how how it's gonna have to be. A little over the top action. Is that what we're A talking? Bit. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. And bringing up the thing, I would love to do Better Off Dead. By the way, I do love that eighties <laughs> movie. Uh, I would love to do a review of that. Anyways, who doesn't like a movie where the lead character is constantly trying to commit suicide <laughs> in a comedy? <laughs> it was a comedy, and he's all the time trying to commit suicide. Anyways, all right. So everyone's freaking out. They don't know what to do. Um, and they realize, well, the movie's still going on technically as planned. Even the way they're talking to people, they're in their characters. They're not. There's no depth to them except for the characters that they are on the screen pretty much. So they're all freaking out, and they see one of the girls who dies first go off into the woods where in the movie she's going to have random sex with a hiker. So they go and watch because why wouldn't you? They're, they're thinking, stay out of the movie, but watch what's going on. As soon as everyone's dead, the movie will be at, got, like done and we'll be out of here. You know what I mean? Right. So We just have yeah. to survive it for the next 90 minutes. Yeah. They just have to, and they're not worried about dying. They're not anything like that. So sure enough, girl takes off her shirt. Billy, the killer, not Jason. Billy shows up with his huge ass machete and his, what what do you call it? A square tiki mask? Oh, no. It's, it's this very sad looking tiki. It, it's it's bad decoupage, really. Um, and it, like he said, like, it, it's square. Like it doesn't really fit his face, right? It's just fun and awkward because he's also kind of like a frowny face. Yeah. And I, I thought that whole thing was a good touch to be almost exactly opposite of Jason. Absolutely. I mean, he's still a big guy. Right, but, and there's still the machete, but... Yeah. But I think even the machete is much bigger than it's supposed to be. It looks... It's almost as big as Cloud's sword. Like, yeah, a little bit. That's how big this machete is. So, it, it, it works out. Um, so, he kills the hiker, he kills the girl, throws the body over, and everyone freaks out because it's right next to them. But Duncan does not, really, because he says, Oh, guys, don't even worry. Like... Because Billy just stops and has no idea what to do. And he's like, oh, we're not part of this movie, so Billy doesn't know to kill us. Like, it's not a big deal. We're all fine. Right. It's it's one of those, all right, so we're not, there's not supposed to be any interaction here. It's supposed to be a scene ending. And what it is is you're doing a continuation. And, of course, Duncan's freaking out because it's like, oh, my God, I just got to watch this live. And so, wait, is everybody just, like, walking around with porn syrup in their veins? Or no. <laughs> Definitely not. And then, of course, I mean, this is my idol. I mean, this is the best horror person, and I gotta, come on, I gotta take a selfie. Yes. Who doesn't want to take a selfie with Billy? That was a good, that was definitely a good line. And then Billy leaves, and everyone's relieved. And then all of a sudden, his huge-ass machete flies across the screen and basically cuts Duncan in, like, a quarter. Right. Yeah. Takes him out. So they realize, fuck, we can actually die in this movie and freak out run back to the camp and what i thought was another good use of their cinematography and everything they run and everyone's like oh hey what what are you guys doing what are you yeah where are you off to they run and then they come back on the same screen and they're like oh good to have you back and then they're like where are you going they just keep on running and they realize they cannot leave uh, stage left but they keep reappearing on stage right so they're running in a circle because that's not not how the scene ends so you have to keep redoing it until you get it right it's just pretty much okay we're gonna do another take okay we're gonna do another take till you guys get it right and i really loved you using the industry term again i appreciate all these things i'm learning I'm doing what I can here. It's true. It, <laughs> all 
All right. So that's so you realize basically they're realizing we're stuck here until hopefully the movie's over and we can leave. And they decide, well, we don't want Billy showing up again. So let's split. Now, this was the only time that they split up technically, but they didn't split up to be by themselves. They each took one of the other characters that are one of the not quote unquote not real characters that are in the movie to stop them from doing anything that would make Billy appear. Right. What we're going to do is I'm going to babysit all the other camp counselors because if anybody gets naked, shit's going down. So I'm here to make sure that you keep all your clothes on. And, and it doesn't go anywhere weird. And I thought that was innovative. I like that idea. Uh, Max went with her mother, of course. Um, I liked uh, Chris, the good guy, going to talk to Kurt and basically telling <laughs> They're like, he's looking at a Playboy talking about how all the chicks are awesome and he's going to fuck all of them. Like, it's just. <laughs> he's like, you know, what you should really do is I'm really into the articles. There's actually a lot of great reading in here. Um,. So let's talk about that, if that's yeah. cool. It worked out pretty well. I, I enjoyed it. And then what I had even forgotten about from the scene before was when they were being their stereotypical selves, people didn't know what to do, and Chris was just standing there while Tina, the one who wants to get naked all the time, the crazy one, was just gyrating and dancing all over him, just like an 80s movie, and he just had no idea what to do. I'm just going to keep my hands in my pockets and don't make eye contact. Yeah, because he likes Max, too, yeah. so... I like this. Right. We there was a good guy, and there wasn't the there wasn't the dick bad guy in their group. It was just right. basically Kurt, who just doesn't know any better because he's right. a stereotypical. He's just a yeah, exactly. Right. So that that plan lasted for a little while, uh, but then they realize, oh no, there's more going on with this story. And what they do is what I and here's another part that I like. They have uh, Nancy, which is Max's mom. Uh, tell the backstory of Billy, and the uh, they actually get sucked into the new flashback, which I thought was great. I, I thought that was a really good, innovative use of what they were doing. Everything turns black and white, because that's what happens in the 50s. Yep. And we're going to tell you exactly how Billy was created. Yep. And it's the same typical tortured story and burned up and had, you know maimed kind of thing. Yeah, it was, but it was. I mean, it was similar to the Jason story, just uh, with yeah, fireworks. Yeah. First, well, like those little fireworks that no way would have exploded in his face make no right. sense whatsoever. Thirty percent of his body, whatever, it's fine. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. So you know that was funny, comedic in its way, but then you're supposed to also feel sympathy for him, I guess, which is what you're supposed right. to do for Jason too. But he's kind of a dick. Like, let's be honest, right. he could have killed. Psychotic. Yeah, he, he could have killed the people that like hurt him. You don't have to kill every single person for the rest of eternity. Like, that's... Right. Yeah. Dick move. That's that's all I'm saying. So, <laughs> I enjoyed when they went into the flashback. And it's... Yeah, they come out. Uh, they come out of the flashback. Gertie's got blood on her from when they showed that Billy killed all the camp counselors as a, as a kid. Uh, so, everyone freaks out. And they realize, oh, shit. Billy can come and kill us. This is crazy. So... What we didn't mention, and we, sorry, we, we skipped ahead a little bit. The girl who's supposed to kill Billy in the movie shows up, and she's like the badass with like the eye rock. You know, holy shit, Paul is here in her Trans Am. 
Oh, okay, yeah, there you go. Yeah, it's Trans Am. And she's got, like, the spiked hair, like, the moosed-up hair and the leather jacket and the ripped jeans. So she's the one in the movie, in the original movie, who actually kills Billy. She's the final girl. She's the final girl. Yeah, and right. that's and that's where that all comes up is they decide, oh, once, once she shows up, we'll hang out with her because she's going to be the one that survives and everything will be good. Now, unfortunately, this flashback flu- uh, flux... Sorry, I, it's been a long night already. Um, <laughs> this this flashback back fucks up everyone, and they go running because they're all they're all freaked the fuck out. And Kurt and the girl, who's the final girl, drive off in her Trans Am, and, <laughs> and Duncan shows up. <laughs> he's not, Duncan's apparently not dead. Yeah, apparently with the machete sticking out of him, he's like he's not dead. Gets hit by their car, so he's now dead. Assuming now that. he's dead. Yeah, now he's dead. And then they lose control of the car. The car hits the like totem pole, uh, a blue finch. Kurt goes screaming out of the car and dies in a pretty Through funny, yeah, pretty funny way. And then they're like, "Oh no!" And this was a great, you know, horror comedy moment. They're like, "Oh, everything's okay." The final girl's still alive, and then the car blows up. So they're yeah, like, those Trans Ams and those gas tanks are just shit. Yep. So they're like, we are fucked now. What do we do? So one of the things I liked was they, they're they still worried about Billy showing up. So they've got the blonde girl, the crazy one. They've got her with a life vest on, <laughs> taped up around her. Her. If, if they could, they would have had her, you know, like three or four ski jackets, like that type of a deal. But they actually have oven mitts taped to her, yep. so she can't take her clothes off because if she gets naked, everyone dies. Yeah, she's an 80s girl. All she wants to do is take her clothes off. <laughs> so, her tits. Yeah. What you do? I thought that was great. I thought that was <laughs> that was awesome. Now, am I missing anything after this where they actually now decide, hey, we need to kill Billy like, is there anything else that we need to talk about? I don't think so, because this is when you're actually... It's when the kids from now actually tell the 80s, hey, we need to team up together because we know about Billy, too. And that's and that's what starts the whole process of, well, we need to figure out how to get rid of him via a final girl or nominate someone. So they have to, of course... They have to home alone the house. I mean, they just got to yeah. booby shit, shit and the shit out of it. Yeah, and Vicky, Vicky, the Degrassi girl, nominates herself because she says she's the virgin, and everyone's like, "You're not a virgin." Yeah, they're like, "You're no, you're you're not a virgin." And then Gertie actually says about how she, you know, lost her virginity. So really, the only virgin is Max and her mother in the movie, because they had, you know, they stopped everyone hooking up. Uh, and originally, Max's mom would have died uh, right before she, or right after she had sex with Kurt in the original movie. Right. So, and all this time too, Max has been getting closer with her mom's character. Um, she hasn't told her, you know, that you know, in the real world. But they're getting closer, being friends, and all that kind of stuff. And you know, she, you see more that. She's not that the mother's character in the movie is not a one-dimensional character, I guess you know that kind of thing. She is. And, and you know. they end up diving into her, and you end up getting more background story on this character apparently, and you realize that she's seeing a lot of similarities in what her mom did and what her mom was 
it's going to be what this character wanted to be. So there's there's that optimistic view of it. And then, of course, obviously, if this was shot 20 years ago, her mom's actually closer to her age in this movie. So there's that kind of connection as well. Yep. Which they didn't play up on too much, but it, it's clearly there. Yeah. So now I would like to ask you, Kelly, at this point in the movie, so what haven't you liked so far? Like what is – because you did mention already that you weren't a fan of this movie. So, no, no, no. As soon as you killed off Duncan, I'm like, I'm out. Oh, that was – literally, that was that was a cut. I care less about any of the rest of these characters, so I'm out. Oh, okay. See, I was yeah, – no, yeah, yeah. I'm not. I'm not going to be the Max. Doesn't really do anything for me. It's. It's not that it's not an unrelatable character, but those. Like, it's one of the reasons I don't go see like romance movies and shit like that. Because it's that character. It's that sappy. It's that dramatic. Oh my god. There's got to be some sort of arch, and I got to learn something <laughs> from this kind of bullshit. And I don't connect to those characters at all. You oh. have to entertain. Me. Those characters don't entertain me. Well, see, that's. I guess. I guess that's where I differ I because. For me, because it's PG thirteen, so you've already well, lost me. Yes, yes. Kelly never sees movie without nudity. She is actually that's the one thing that she hates about Star Wars. But in her mind, she's playing sure. out her Star Wars fan Everyone's fiction, and everyone's topless. It's great. Chewbacca is the most naked he could possibly be. So, <laughs> yeah, for sure. Uh, well, let's just let's dive into something a little bit on the same lines, but just a little bit more. Uh, off topic of this movie in general so for me i i hold horror movies to a more stricter scale than i normally hold other movies to and i know that not a lot of you know horror movie fans come from like a certain it's it's more rare i think to be a horror movie fan than it is to be a fan of other genres would you agree I think that's true. Um, I'm going to, no, see, there's a difference between a horror movie fan and somebody who likes gore. Because they're not the same as far as I'm concerned. Just like, I'll even throw a horror movie in with like a, more of a thriller, that type of a thing. More more mental games than just straight up. Saw yeah. doesn't do anything for me. Well, yeah, it's Saw like, Saw or Hostel or any of yeah, that shit. No, that, yeah. No, yeah it's Garbage. Like, it's borderline yeah. snuff films. Like, I could care less. Yeah, no, I no, yeah. no, I still I still laugh because I got tricked into seeing Hostel. Uh, because it said presented by Quentin Tarantino. Well, I was so young back then. I thought that meant that Quentin Tarantino had something to do with the movie. With it, yeah. yeah. So we went to see it, but I'll still remember. I I will never forget this. The movie was awful, as everyone knows. Did you actually see it? Oh no no. Oh, okay. No, no, no. Well, there's a scene. They they make it through. The one main character makes it through. So, you know, spoiler alert. Blah blah. Mm-hmm. Um. The, the main character makes it through the torture, and he saves this Asian girl, and she got her eye, like, cut out during the during the torture scene, and the people behind us, there's one, I normally hate it when people talk in a theater, but they actually showed the eyeball, like, being pulled, and then the back part being cut. Right, and, they're, they're killing the tenants. Yeah, they're going for the gore and blah, blah. And when right. they cut it, this green goo came out. And there were stupid people in the audience that were like, oh, my God, you know, that kind of thing. But the person behind us went, oh, that's what it looks like when you cut someone's eye out. <laughs> and I, it was just <laughs> such dripping with sarcasm, perfect, like perfect timing. And it just, it, I laughed, I laughed hysterically. And then, by the way, not to ruin more of this, but... So he saves he saves his chick, right. put his life put his life in danger. He never met her before. Saves a chick. They go and they make it out. 
He kills a bunch of people. They make it out. They get to the train station, and she sees herself. And she's still, she's a very cute girl. She's just missing an eye. You just put on a fucking eye patch. It's not that big a deal. And fake eye, Jesus. Huh? Fake eye. Come yeah, on. fake eye, something. Like, it's, it, it's, really? it's really not that difficult. But she sees herself in a mirror, or like, or in a reflection. And a train's coming, and she just jumps in front of it. And I'm like, you fucking bitch. Like, he just sacrificed. Like, you probably have a family at home, too. Like, you could have done this. It's not It's not like they sawed off all your legs and arm, and you're just like, even then, you could still live. I mean, you can enjoy a nice buffalo wing for yourself. Like, someone will feed it to you. It's, you know, life, life already sucks. Like, don't make it suck more by not, you know, doing it. But I was just... I, Okay, so no, that's actually kind of fascinating. And this is this was this person was Asian. Yes, let's not get into racism, Kelly. I know how racist no, 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 you are. No, 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 no stop. <laughs> so what's, it's interesting because now I'm kind of intrigued at the fact that when they do that, it's it's an honor or dishonor type of thing. Because I mean, that's a that's the main way that people have suicide over there. Is is that's what they they'll throw themselves in front of. Oh trains. wait, wait, wait! No, no, don't they go to that forest? And kill oh, themselves in that forest? Don't make me watch that movie because I so don't. Want, I mean, and I no, love I... Mark. Yes, I do, but I can't. I can't. I can't do that no. movie either. But no, for no. for anyone who doesn't know what we're talking about, we're talking about the movie The Forest, which <laughs> really innovative name, uh, really good there. Um, and it it failed. I mean, it bombed for sure. Shocking. Yeah, it was just about a forest in I forget where where in Asia is it? No, it's Japan. It's, it's, it's Japan. At the base of- Fuji. It's the it's yeah. the um, forbidden forest. Is it's it's supposedly haunted. It's, it's where a lot of the evil ancestors get trapped in the bamboo. It's, it's the actual Japanese uh, behind it, but it's bad. It's it's not. Yeah. You, no, it, we you won't. Do Jap- Japanese need to do Japanese, but they know how to do horror much better. We will not watch that for Ian hates movies. Thank you. Yeah, we won't. So anyway, so the the main point I got off on a tangent again, like like is what to happen. Um, yeah. Uh, so the horror genre and stuff. So I hold I hold horror movies to a higher standard because I do like them. I guess it's because horror movies are the thing that doesn't exist most in my life. Do you know what I mean? Bullshit on that one. I'm gonna call bullshit right. There. I'm sorry. I believe there's a to go bag in your house and what's that for again? Ian? I'm sorry. You'd it's like to for explain the, the CDC has released what on who? It's explain? for the zombie apocalypse. That's right. definitely happening. Right. Yeah. yeah, but no, but it hasn't happened yet. Oh, okay. So yeah. when it happens and we get on horror. Yeah, I mean that it, when it happens it I mean I'll be prepared and I'll be ready and everyone should come join me because I'll be leading the revolution against the zombies. But that's a separate separate podcast. No, Another topic. Yeah, completely another topic. But I mean, in general, like, my life is full of drama. My life is full of comedy. Uh, Not romantic comedy, I guess, but so we can at least keep that one out. But, yeah, so-so, so-so. But Yeah, yeah, we'll walk away from that one, too. Yeah, mystery, you know, my life has intrigue, you know, all that kind of stuff. I'm... I'm done. That's that's fine. And I think that's why a lot of people enjoy those type of movies more is because that's more relatable to them. A horror movie, in most cases, obviously people have been through horrendous things in their life. You know, people have been through, you know, shootings and, and stabbings and all that kind of stuff, like serial murderers, all that kind of stuff. But in general, you probably haven't lived through that as much as you have a typical drama. So... I think that's why a lot of people don't normally like or say, they'll specifically say, I don't watch horror movies. 
You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, I can see that too. I feel like also when it comes to horror movies is because, I mean, there's definitely that, that pop out and go boo factor. So you always get that great adrenaline rush. And that can be, I mean, an hour and a half in a horror movie can be pretty exhausting, see, actually. But I, I despise those because I can't be scared. So I don't, I, it's true. Look, I like I said, I think we mentioned this last time or with the NeverEnding Story uh, podcast one that I am going to talk about my time at Universal and talk about those all nine haunted houses that I went to. I'm proud you went through those. Horror yeah. nights is a big deal, no plug intended, but oh, yes. You should, seriously, it's, it was the first time I've ever been to Universal, and I went at Halloween and did the did it right, did all nine uh, haunted houses. It was great, but that's a, that's a completely separate story. I guess, so what I'm saying is, in life, you have drama, you have comedy, you have all that kind of stuff that you're prepared for because, like, my whole life has been that stuff. Horror movies, though, I take seriously because I'm preparing. You know what I mean? <laughs> Kelly's laughing. Kelly's laughing. <laughs> look, I think, do you I not... so hard to like, look at you with a straight face because I knew it was coming, and I was yes. like, no, I can't. That's awesome. <laughs> I just, look, I'm. it's true. I know what I would do if Jason showed up. I true. know what I'd do if someone was haunting me in my dreams. Like, that's that's the kind of thing. I know what I'm doing when the zombies come. I, True. Yeah, I I know this stuff. The only time I think we're fucked is if 28 days later zombies are coming. Then we're we're fucked. But other than that, I mean, it's a fun time. It's, it's so wait, wait, wait. Yeah. so really, what you're saying is when you watch a horror movie, this is an informational video for you. It's you preparing yourself. Yeah, pretty much. I mean, not in the comedy horror, not in the comedy horror one. But no, I'm talking about the traditional stuff. Yeah, you've definitely just therapized me right there. That well, and, it, and the best part is, is that's why we don't go swimming in Massachusetts anymore, especially out by Nantucket. It's so close to Amityville. Uh, <laughs> can we talk about the new the the remake with uh, um, oh, Deadpool? Oh, we will be. Yeah, I'm very excited. Well, when we when we do Deadpool, I will probably work in some jokes about Amityville Horror, just because he was in that. Well, are you kidding me? You think I'm not gonna make um, Blade Trinity references? Come on now, Hannibal, Hannibal King. Hannibal please. King, baby. Hannibal King. I agree. He technically he ruined that one too, even though he was good in it. It's it's all about tattoo placement for me in that particular movie. Definitely oh. a good opportunity. I'm only remembering Jessica Biel in the shower crying that's is that awesome. wrong is that wrong is that... no that's fine i mean even posey parker did some things for me it's, it's, anyway we're getting away oh, yeah. we're, we're right. so yeah okay so we'll get i just wanted to i mean that's that's my thing with horror movies is when i talk about them i don't like seeing horror movies where people do stupid things unless they're supposed to do stupid things because i think that people should be more versed in what's going on people have seen horror movies enough to know this kind of thing. That's all I'm saying. Right, like people makes, makes the 80s movies even better, and what makes this movie fun in that instance is that that's what 80s movies were. It was one of those, they'll trip over nothing, which, you know, a lot of other comedy horror movies like to make fun of, but it's true. Like, you got to have, if you if you have no background, I mean, the 80s was the birth of these type of movies. The horror, you know, we're talking about the birds, for God's sakes. Hitchcock before then, where you get anything in remotely creepy. So this is even better to a new extreme, and obviously, and in color, which is kind of nice. That you, of course you get these situations where actually if you didn't have any background, what would you do? Would you be that person? I don't think so. I think if I saw a giant guy with a machete, 
I would know to like run and keep running and not slow down and hide behind things and all I'm, that kind I'm of stuff. I know the story of how we got you to be a camp counselor to begin with, especially in those sexy little shorts and tight yellow shirt. And in the 80s as well. Oh, woo! I would totally be Kurt in that situation. <laughs> <laughs> Awesome. All right. All right. Back to the back to the movie itself. So all right, so you checked out after Duncan uh the first time it looked like Duncan was dead. That's right. when you after, were that's when after you were the done. Selfie, I kind of checked out. Right. I was I was more attached to Max, so I am completely fine with what was going on there. So, basically anyways, they decide Max should be the final girl and they're going to set up like you said, they're going to booby trap uh, the entire house to try and you know kill Billy because they know that's the only way to get out of this movie is we need to get rid of Billy, right? Right. Yeah. So they do a good job. They all have their specific things they're supposed to do. They've got their bow and arrows. They've got a big um, log to come down and hit him in the door, which I thought was very innovative. I I like that idea. <laughs> that I thought that worked well. That's just it, though. They home alone the house. Yeah. And he did the same thing with the with the paint cans. Like, this is, this is exactly what they did. And I would like to point out, the girl who dances and gets naked and then trips over nothing. Well, hold on. You didn't... Oh, wait, wait. We got to set it. Wait, wait. We got to set it up. So, first of all, they dec- they know, based on what Duncan has said before, that they can't just kill Billy. They have to kill him with his own machete. That's the only way to do it. Yep. So, they have to get the machete from him. So, they... Home Alone the house, get ready, so they get the machete and kill him. So in order to do that, they go, oh, well, the blonde girl wants to take off her clothes so much. Let's do it. Now, unfortunately, she got into uh, Degrassi Chick Vicky's uh, bottle of Adderall, right? Yep, and took 30 of them or so. She took the bottle of Adderall, so pretty much she's now on speed, and she is stripping on speed. And the best part, because it's every amazing stripper song, Cherry pie yep. comes on. I thought that was, I've never seen, now look, Kelly, as you know, I've seen a lot of strippers. A lot of strippers. <laughs> but I've never seen a stripper do a dance that fast like that. I thought it was hilarious. Awesome. Yeah. And it was the cherry pie, which strippers is great too. Strippers Yep. So as soon as she starts. Right, which actually is kind of funny. Which is... Say again. Continue. <laughs> I didn't hear you. Well, I'm just going to throw this in there. So, Cherry Pie. Okay, so this is supposed to take place in 1986. Um, a Cherry Pie didn't come out until 1990, so... Oh, no. The whole movie is ruined. A little bit, there's, there's actually a couple uh, that, that don't really fit into particular timelines here, but I, I had to throw that one out there. But you digress. Anyway, you are- speed stripping to Cherry yeah. Pie. Awesomeness. So, she starts... You know, as she's gyrating and as they know what's going to happen, Billy starts appearing out of the smoke. Now she starts getting freaked out. And now this is where you were going to say. So go ahead. Right, right. So I'm going to say this a little bit more now. So she's still, I mean, and it, he doesn't do the initial appearance of Bill, of course. She flashes her tits, which you don't see because it's a PG 13 movie. Mm-hmm. But then you see Billy. And he is. He's coming out of the fog, walking towards them across what uh, seems like a pretty decent sized field. And she starts freaking out. So it's a cutscene to her and the cutscene to Billy. Now, when you go back to Billy, of course, he's 30 feet ahead again. And they keep going back and forth. But to the point, she, he's still a good 100 feet away from her. She turns to run, trips over nothing. I mean, technically, there's, there is a guide wire there. But she actually trips before the guide wire, if you pay attention, and falls into a bear trap. Which they had set up for Shocking. Billy, obviously. Yeah. 
Yeah, of course. But that was but a good that was a good scene though. That, <laughs> trips over nothing yeah. and dies. Awesome. Now, I will say that their booby traps of the house seem like they would have worked. Absolutely. Yeah. So that was good. So he shows up, uh Chris the good guy is there, like shuts the door behind him. Uh they cut the rope, a huge ass totem pole that was, you know, that I think um, the final girl originally and Kurt had like crashed into or whatever. They have that to right. use as a um, battering ram. Hits him into the door, which is full of stag like deer antlers from the terrible, you know, you know how the camp, you know, yeah, yeah. So, and then he's stuck there, and it was a great that was a great move. He drops the machete, they take the machete, right? At that point, I think. There's more non-congruency here, but I'm, I'm not going to point that out right now. But yeah, it's, they do end up with machete at that point. Yeah. After they kill the token black guy. Yeah, I was a little sad about that too, because I thought he was pretty funny. I thought that worked, but he did not die first in the movie. So. True. But, but to be honest, a black guy did die first because the hiker. I didn't even catch that. Those sons of bitches. They really did follow the rules. They really did follow the rules of horror movies. I didn't even... Wow. Wow. Impressive. All right. So, back to the house. Now, they're... the one thing I didn't like about this is they went upstairs, which is a horror movie no-no. But they right. did it because they have things set up so that they can get out safely, which is which is fine. So, as he makes his way upstairs... They're going to pour some flammable liquid on him and light him on fire. Unfortunately, the wire doesn't work the way it's supposed to. So that was very 80s movies too, I thought. And he comes in and the two people that were pulling the wire was Gertie, the best friend, and Vicky, the Drukrasi chick, both who are not virgins. He throws, Billy throws the bookcase down on them. And I thought this was a good scene too. Because they had a little moment. I just... Uh, what? I just... Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, so anyway... This movie had gonna, depth of feeling, Kelly. This movie had what you don't have, Kelly. Depth of feeling. Feeling. <laughs> Ew. Ew, I know. No, Gross. Blech. Blech. So, they actually... Before they die, they pull the, they pull the string, get the flammable liquid on them... They oh I forgot that they had been shooting arrows at him so he's just sticking with flaming arrows right now I completely forgot about that so he's got flaming arrows in him so when the liquid comes down he's now completely in flame um, Chris and Max and uh, uh, Max's mom are outside Nancy. yeah Nancy right. they're outside already and I thought this was a pretty fucking badass scene did you not like this really. Okay, so let's set this up a little bit better. So they, all three of them, jump out the second story window, and because it is a horror movie, and because he is on fire, slow mo. Yep. And I thought the the shot of him jumping slow mo looked really good. Yeah, he's no, on. No, the show. Yeah, he's on fire. He's got the machete behind his head, like he's coming down for a strike. I thought that looked very good. And what I then liked was they cut to the comedy portion. Which was the three of them not understanding what was happening and going, what's going on? And then going, oh, it's slow motion. Yeah. So I thought that was, I thought that was good. 
I thought that was good. Kelly is shaking her head vehemently. She does not enjoy it's, this. No, it's, it's a fun prank, but this doesn't need to go on for like four and a half minutes, guys. Like, really? Well, it's just oh, like... Yeah. It's, 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 okay. it's like in the Ugh. movie uh, Not Another Teen Movie, where Lacey Chabert walks in the room and everyone's like, she does her slow motion, but everyone's not in slow motion, so like, how long are we supposed <laughs> to stand here? It's like until she's done. <laughs> right. Pretty much, yeah. Yeah. So now they have the chase through the woods, and all of a sudden, Billy's fast. Which is a change because that's not actually normally what happens. So he he's chasing them. They do another slow motion jump, which doesn't work out, into a creek. And then decide to do the flashback again. So this time the flashback right. takes him into the flashback as well. And he gets hit by a car, which is pretty funny. I thought that was funny. No? Because you knew it was coming. You knew it was coming, but the way the cinematography was... I thought it was good. Right. Then I'll give you that. And I think it's interesting when they do these flashback scenes, especially with that particular scene. Um, it's very, it's very Wes Craven. It's them making an homage to Freddy. It's we're going to pull you back into where you need to be. Yeah. Um, and obviously they, they obviously put more of a comedic twist on it, but uh, I like that they did that as well. Um, and I like that they're using it almost in, in a supernatural sense because her mom's the only one who can initiate the flashbacks and end the flashbacks because she's the one narrating them in the movie. And I think that's where they got the machete. Because when he got hit by the car, I she think... She picked it up. Yeah, yeah, she picked it up. So that's where they got yeah. the machete. So then they see a little bit more of the camp that they didn't see before. That was part of the flashback. So they end the flashback. And unfortunately, Billy is way too close to them. He has a small knife as well that he takes out. And he stabs Chris. And he takes... Max's mom, Nancy, right? Takes her right. away. Yep. So Chris is all sad and, you know, he doesn't want to die alone, which was, you know, who, you know, right. whatever. So, but Max says, you know, hey, I got to go. You're not going to die. I got to go rescue my mom. So she goes to that part of camp that they didn't originally know existed, saves the mom. But at that point, she also, they have like a fight scene. That doesn't go well because Billy's huge mungus, and that's not going to go well. Um, and she gets stabbed as well. So her mom takes her back to where Chris is. It's like this chapel. And that's where she realizes, because they've been talking about movie stuff and you know what's supposed to happen in this movie and everything, she, she realizes that Max is the one that should survive and that she needs to basically sacrifice herself so that Max can be the final girl to have the power to defeat Billy. And you right. can't tell me that that was not a well-done, sad scene that actually... No, no. Yeah. Come I on. I will give you that. No, that they're actually that connection and, and realizing it's the whole exception. It's accepting death and accepting your fate. It's going through that kind of thing and being able to tell your child that it's okay to accept this and that, that it's okay and you got to say what you need to say and it, it closes that chapter really well and they did write it very very well it's actually that scene in particular did shock me in this movie it's the movie does not call for that and they managed to put it in anyway which was nice yeah. it did ran it out very well um, and I do like the fact that once um, Nancy is quote unquote executed or the fact that before even before that uh, she starts doing her strip dance and it's too the mom's favorite song, which was kind of fun. And, of course, yep. that's an additional little tearjerker there. Yeah, because um, but, I, I thought that was good 
they've they've gone ahead and they planted the seeds throughout the movie without you know so you knew a a scene like that could happen and I'm glad they did it right and then yeah she so obviously the way that you have to and that's what I thought was also a great juxtaposition was that they have this really touching moment where the mother is going to sacrifice for the the daughter and she goes out and how do you get Billy to come get you you have to you have to take your shirt off so yeah so she does the striptease to Betty Davis eyes and she's just looking the whole time she's just looking at Max who's in the church so she's just looking at her knowing that Billy's coming up behind her and gets you know knife through the back and I thought those are all the little things that I like you know what I mean she didn't do the strip tease and watch Billy come to her she she was strong and wanted Max to feel better about a terrible situation you know what I mean so I enjoy the little things like that it gives you actual depth of feeling and emotion in a movie that you really wouldn't have that for because who really cared that the other people died you know what I mean Right, right, right. It's definitely it's, it's it makes you being invested in these two no matter what. It, it's always set up to that regard. So you're you're always interested to see how this actually does end up because you know that there's no way that they can bring her back. So it's more, how are you going to conclude this? And either you're going to conclude it right or you're going to fuck it up. Usually they, they fuck it up. Right. So the fact that they was actually was nice. Yeah. Um. I I will say this after they actually do get rid of her, the fact that Max pretty much becomes a superhero is kind of awesome. She turns into she's yeah. the Matrix. But I have seen, um, you've seen that in horror movies before. You know, where actually, they all of a sudden, fire. yeah, yeah. Right, and you're injured, so you keep going. <gasps> Ooh, Kylo Ren flashback, interesting. Gross. That's what it is. It's just gross. <laughs> so yeah, so they have, that's that, and that was great. This is something you don't normally see in a horror movie of this stature. They do basically almost like a Matrix style, but not a funny matrix style they just so happens to be that she's stronger than she's supposed to be and it's not like a superhero fight but they're having an actual sword versus knife battle kind of thing or machete versus knife and it does work for what it is right yeah so she does her moves she ends up um she ends up uh cutting off billy's head with the machete so it's all good she goes and she gets Chris, or Chris comes out to her. And what I liked about this, right. too, was the credits start rolling. The actual movie credits Literally. from yeah, yeah from the 80s movie start rolling in the background. So, like, you know, what's going on here? This doesn't, you know. So then they hold tight because the movie reel starts going as well, which I thought was another yeah. nice touch. Yep. And then they wake, or Max wakes up, and she's in the hospital bed. And Chris is lying right next to her, and he's kind of out. Um, she wakes up, and then all of a sudden, the what is that called? That's pulled back. The de- separating. Yeah, group, the divider. The divider is pulled yeah. back, and they're all of her friends. Duncan's there, and Vicky's there, and Gertie, and they're all okay. Now, did you when that when that initial flash happened? Did you pick up on the fact that? It might be a little bit. This is her. I immediately get triggered uh, to me. You have to say that again. You have to say that again because you cut out. <laughs> the initial flash when when she pulls that curtain to the side, there's an initial um, hint to the audience that this might not be over. Did you pick up on what that was? Yes. Yes. But I thought 
it was going to be, I thought it was going to be Billy behind the divider. That's what I've been used to with horror movies. So that's, I was expecting the jump scare of that. Right. But what what are, you said there was a sign of that? No, yeah. So they're alluding to it already if, if you're paying attention to just the technology in the hospital and stuff like that, like before they even leave the room. It's not where it should be for 2015. And then if you look at Gertie, all of a sudden, she's got very late 80s hair going on. She suddenly has her hairdo all up and done. Well, I knew I knew they were still in it just because I'm right. normally good at guessing that. But I didn't know, how, like, I didn't pick up on those signs. It was just like I figured that since they had mentioned Camp Bloodbath 1 and 2. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. So it does turn out. You know, and what I was surprised about was um, Chris did not wake up. So it's just the four of them. Huh? Yeah, just the four of them for then. And then so they walk out of the hospital room, and then all of a sudden, Billy jumps through the window, and he's got two machetes this time. And And they're on fire. Yeah, and Duncan just loses his shit. Because he's like, (laughs) we're in Camp Lubbock. This one's so much better than the first one. Holy crap. And Max grabs the uh, the stand that holds up the um, uh, what do you call it, the morphine oh, the drip or yeah, whatever, yeah, fluid drip, and like lunges, yeah. And then there's a whole. Did you watch? Did you watch the scenes at all? The takes were probably my favorite parts. <laughs> Absolutely. Are you kidding me? These are amazing. Yeah. So instead of making you wait to the end of the movie, they just continued with the with the cut scenes. Now. Right. I what I thought was funny in those cutscenes, besides I mean, just generally they they were fun because it seemed like a fun cast of people. But they did show Adam Devine, Kurt, in a wheelchair with basically everything broken, trying to hit on the nurse. So what made me excited would be if they do do a sequel, you might be able to get everyone who died in the original still in the second. Yeah. Because I would love Kurt just still trying to, you know what I mean? like Do everybody. Yeah, that would be a lot of fun. And then you'd also have the mom again, too. So, yeah. Right. So, now they did, I did read up on this, and they said it's a possibility of a sequel, but it depended on how it did uh, money-wise. So, I'm not sure if that's going to come to fruition or not. But I think mm-hmm. they could, I think having Duncan in the movie for longer making sequel jokes would be a lot of fun. So, Absolutely. Yeah. And everyone knowing that they have a little bit more freedom to do random things, I think would work if they got the writer to do it correctly. Right. Yeah, absolutely. So I'm sorry that you lost it after Duncan died, but I still can't <laughs> believe that you didn't find this to be a good movie. It's one of those like I'm, um, I'm not gonna own it. That's for sure. Um, it's not as horrible as I thought it. Like I said, my initial thoughts were, "Oh dear God, I'm watching you know scary movie four or something horrible." Um, and it did not turn out to be that. It was actually better than what I was expecting. Um, but yeah, no. I, as soon as I lose the character that I even <laughs> remotely am interested in, I kind of check out. and I'm just kind of here for the ride after that. I gotcha. Well, that's, I mean, I guess that happens. Uh, I would definitely say I recommend this to people if if they are going to watch it. I mean, for me, 
and I know this sounds very pompous, but I often will do that as part of my character for Ian Hayes movies anyways, is if someone spoils something for me, I don't care because no yeah no, we're on the same page with that i'll yeah. still go see the movie it's a good movie yeah when i watch a movie i am not surprised by anything that happens in a movie like i've never been it's it's very very rare for me to be shocked by what's happening you know what i mean i can normally deduct by what's going on what's going to happen at the end within a certain right. amount of time and sure if a character dies maybe your mind would shut off and say like i'm not going to get invested but i still don't think that happens because when you rewatch a movie that you enjoy you still get invested in the same character even though you know they die you know what i mean true so yeah that's that's not a thing for me so if people listen to the podcast they've listened now to what happens in the movie hopefully they had some fun with us joking around about it and, and you know discussing things but i hope people didn't not listen just because they didn't see the movie you know what i mean also it cracks me up when people actually get like that i, I don't understand people being like oh my god you ruined it for me i mean i'll take that as an amazing compliment that i'm able to tell this story better than actually visually seeing a movie but I'm sorry, most people can't do that, so you could tell me exactly what happens, but until I actually see the cinematography, it's not the same. Like, yeah. I'll know what's happening, but I want to see it. Right, exactly. I mean, that's that's kind of how I feel. And I have no problem listening or watching a review show of a movie I haven't seen, because if they're going to tell it in a way that's fun and they're going through it, like, I think that's fine. That's just my opinion on it. So, you know, we'll see who, because I don't think a lot of people have seen this movie. So we'll see no. who comments on this to see if we did a good job or not uh, of whether or not they actually watched it or not or listened to the podcast. Absolutely. I just like I had no idea until you mentioned it. And it's funny because when I pulled it up, there's actually two movies with this title. And I was like, is it this one or is it this? Yeah, one? I saw it. It's, the one is so this is the final girls and the other one is final girl. Girl. Right. Yeah, just so final girl. girl. Yeah. So. I don't know. I, I enjoyed this movie once again. I think I chose... Now, I'm also planning on the next movie. And this one, again, is another one I know I'm going to love. So, I don't know if I should do it or take a break, but it just got released on Netflix, and I've been waiting so long to see this movie. Do you know what it is? Interesting. No? It's, oh, please. Please more. The movie is called Turbo Kid. You heard of it? I have heard of that. It's another no well what's funny is it's actually another parody of 80 of an 80s movie type thing. It's a post-apocalyptic movie that takes place in the 80s. But it's yeah, it's hard to explain, but it's got another oh. funnily enough it's got another guy from Degrassi. <laughs> Oh, see, I'm not going to lie. I think I would have loved to sit in that pitch meeting and be like, "Okay, guys, check this out. It's going to be Mad Max meets wet hot american summer like that's that's what we're doing here like i don't think i could even i'm sorry i'm gonna need visuals for this like that just sounds fascinating here i'll it's i'll read the synopsis because i think this would be a really good one because i've waited to see this for a while but i know I, it's one of those movies i know i'm going to like uh but it's it's Tur turbo kid came out last year it's a dystopian action adventure comedy film uh and it so the film follows the adventures of the kid a teenage boy in the wastelands, in quotation, an alternate 1997 Earth where water is scarce, 
turns superhero through the encouragement of a mysterious girl, Apple, as he teams up with her to stop the tyrannical leader, Zeus. And it's supposed to be shot like an 80s movie or something like that. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't have... I can't... Nope. I don't even know how to comment on that. Um, interesting, that's for sure. Yeah, I mean, it won... Once, I- once again, similarly, it won some of those like awards at... Um, at like festivals, but it wasn't. Yeah, yeah. And that's just, yeah. it's just unique for God's sakes because you don't get original screenplays anymore, which sucks. But yeah, exactly, and that's what I like. I like an original screenplay of something that's weird and unique. So, I think this is going to be the next one, and everyone. And what I like is everyone can watch it. I mean, the Final Girls is at Redbox, and you can stream it for three bucks or four bucks or whatever. But this movie. Right. Most people I know, and hopefully most people that listen to the podcast, have Netflix. Right. So That's true. Yeah. I might go ahead and make that announcement soon, but that would be the one for next week. So do you have anything else you want to discuss on the comedy horror genre, this movie, or anything in particular? Um, Oh, well, I've been wanting to say this line um, (laughs) all podcast, and I'd just like to say the tagline for um, Camp Bloodbath. That's um, Kumbai No. Oh, yes, that's right. Kumbai No, yes. (laughs) Fantastic. So I got, there you go. So yeah, I I would, overall, I would definitely recommend this movie. As long as you don't get fixated on one character, I think you'll, (laughs) I think you'll enjoy this movie. Yeah, well, you know. And it's not often that a PG-13 movie works for me either. So, that's, that's what I would say to that. Uh, Okay. Uh, plugs? Yes, of course. So, um, you can follow me on Instagram, and that's at nerdygirlivy, um, or questions, comments, concerns, uh, nerdygirl.ivy at gmail. There you go. And I have my plugs as well, obviously, so you are listening to the podcast, hopefully. So this is Ian Hates Movies. I also have Ian Hates Music, and you can find all this at ianhates.com. You can also look on iTunes, uh, just search Ian Hates. And if you like us, please go ahead and rate us, preferably five stars if you do enjoy it. It gets our like prop popularity up and more people will hear it. Uh, you can also follow uh, Ian Hates on Twitter. It's at Ian Hates Podcast. Uh, and you can also get us on Gmail. Uh, do Ian Hates at gmail.com. I also have a Facebook page. Just look up Ian Hates. And we're on Stitcher. Ian hates again. So, all this stuff. We just finished uh, Ian hates music episode. Uh, top favorite albums of all time, part one. Top favorite albums of all time, part two is coming next week. And I think that's all of plugs for right now. I think we're good. Yeah. Yeah. So, thank you very much, Kelly. Much appreciated. Of course. Yep. And hopefully, if we get, I'll listen to how this sounds, and hopefully we can do it again like this if we have to as well i realize i tried to do one by myself and it works but i realize laughing at my own dumb shit doesn't like translate as yeah, much. It doesn't come across as well hmm, yeah it's interesting right yeah i don't i don't think it works that way so we'll have a bunch of other like i'm already planning out different movies if i can find people to go see like the fun bad movies we'll do those as well but i know everyone thinks 
that I'm just ranting on here about bad movies. Like, they think they see the Ian hates movies, and they think it's just me saying, fuck this movie, fuck that movie, like, this is shit, this is garbage. I mean, because it is, I mean, technically, I could do a whole podcast on on January, because basically January to the box office, they basically, they're saying to you, these are just the, eh, fuck it movies. Yeah, they're saying, fuck you, it's January. That's what they're doing. I mean, yeah. If you look at Rotten Tomatoes for all the movies, like almost every movie is under twenty percent. Like that's what happens in January. So like, um, it's Oscar season, guys. We could really care less right now. And plus, it's pilot season, so we're putting we're just gonna put whatever out because we can't promote this right now. Yeah, and I'm just the only movie I'm looking forward to right now is Deadpool. Really? That's it? Come on! There's a couple of them coming out. I don't, I don't think that Zoolander two is going to be good. No, yeah, but that's going to be awesome to watch and comment on. And I am excited for Hail Caesar because the Coen brothers do crack me up. Yeah, me too. I, I very much enjoy a lot of Coen brothers movies, but it just seems so Coen-y, Coen brother. brother. Yeah. yeah. Which I'm kind of excited. Like, it, it might be horrible, but it's going to be a fun kind of horrible. Yeah, I just, I don't know if I'd do that one in theaters. I think that'd be more of a red box. I don't know. That kind of thing. Zoolander 2 as well. Like, I can't imagine, unless someone pays me to go see that to review it, I don't know if I can go to see Zoolander 2 in theaters. Oh, I love know. I love Zoolander 1. I mean, there's nothing... I'm, I mean, they're going to work in all the gags from the previous one. Oh, no, absolutely. I'm just looking to see who ends up being in this one, because you know that's going to be some great walk-on random cameo crap. Oh, for sure. Well, how many people will die in a freak random gasoline fight accident like it's just because you know it's going to happen again like I, I don't i don't know how you don't pull that off again so just saying all right so i think i think we're punch drunk it's thursday right. and we're just trying to get through this week so thank you once again kelly much appreciated you're welcome and i will end the way i always do long days and pleasant nights thanks guys <laughs>